All right, folks, we're back. Only two episodes left in the preview. We're going to talk ACC football today. ACC is maybe going to pull in Cal, Stanford, SMU, uh, a couple other teams. Uh, you know, I just, I don't know. There's realignment going everywhere. Things are getting crazy. Excited to talk about ACC football today. BCB, what's your outlook on the ACC this year? Uh, ACC, I think it's a top heavy league. I think you got Clemson, Florida State, and then you've got the field. And there's a very, very clear barrier there. Uh -huh. uh, between the two so you know obviously been a rough week if you're a football enthusiast and a uh, college football traditionalist like myself so <laughs> expanded playoff with just one domino that's going to lead to the downfall of college football as we know it but I'm trying to keep that negative energy in the past <laughs> focus on this season and then when 2024 comes then I'll mourn for myself but uh for right now I'm excited to talk some ACC this year Larry what are, you, what are your thoughts here buddy uh, I, there's not much going on in my head right now. Um, coming off a, uh, bachelor party in Saratoga. Yeah, no, the, there's not much going on in the head, but, uh, we do have, uh, Clemson still premier team in the league. I don't know why, but they are, they always will be. Okay. Um, but I actually think the ACC really kind of stinks, even though, uh, Drake May will probably be the – he's either the first overall pick or the second overall pick in the NFL next year. Yeah, I got some sleepers I'm going to drop on you guys when we go through our notes here. But you know what? ACC, first team ahead. Let's go. You know what? We're going to start it off right off the bat. The number one favorite to win the ACC this year is Clemson at plus 140. La, you're a South Carolina guy. I know, you know, you lean more towards the coastal side, but why don't you kick us off with Clemson? All right, all right. Um, so Clemson, the uh, favorite still. Um, DJU era is finally over. And I'm sure Clemson fans are going to be happier than ever to see that. Um, Kate Klubnik finally gets his first full season. Yep. I thought he was good at times last year. I also thought he, I don't know, made rookie, made young quarterback mistakes and wasn't that good at other times. Mm -hmm. Uh, they still went 11 and three last year. They won the ACC and they went to a, a New Year's six game. Yep. Um, that being said, they lost to South Carolina, which is their fiddle rivalry. And that's all Clemson fans beating South Carolina is what most of the state cares about. Um, and they lost and they might lose again this year, to be honest, when they play South Carolina, because uh, South Carolina is good. Um, I don't know if I'm as high on them as I don't think they're still they're projected to be the top 13 team in the nation. It's yep. really for them. To get back in the playoff or a failed season, uh -huh. um, brought in a new offensive coordinator, uh, kid. They're the former coach from TCU, Garrett Riley, very touted, top top offensive mind in the country. Um, so that offense will look a lot different this year. After I think it was, it's like Dabble's longtime staffer, Brandon Streaker, was the offensive coordinator last year, uh -huh. um, and that offense was terrible under dj it was so bad they couldn't move the ball they're also returning their running back uh will shipley um i've had many conversations with um people from the state and they don't have they still don't have the playmakers like they did of old there's no deandre hopkins there's no michael williams so shout out Todd boyd yeah i mean I don't know. I I I would like to see faster, quicker players for Clemson to get back into the playoff. Yep. They don't have them. Um, they're still be a lead on defense. Um, I think it's uh Trotter Jr. led the season and led them in tackles and sacks last season, and he's back. Um, they'll still have some big boys. They're returning um four, four offensive linemen. Uh, one of their players did go to the NFL. Um, 
they're still good enough to win the ACC because the ACC is just not that very strong. That strong. Um, but I would. I don't think Clemson. Clemson's not back, in my opinion. This isn't a team that's gonna make the playoffs. All right. So yeah, this is the first year that the ACC has dropped division since two thousand. Uh, like 2005, maybe I can't remember, but they, they dropped the divisions this year. As Larry mentioned, Streeter's out as one year's deal offensive coordinator. Their passing offense was 66 in the country last year. Definitely not what you see from a Clemson team. Kind of touching also on what Larry said, they returned the offense lineman, but their left tackle's gone. And when you have that left tackle gone, especially with a right handed quarterback. It's going to be tough, you know, that blindside guy, you use him as your protector with Klebnik back there. They do have solid returns at wide receiver running back coming back this year. Again, no real big playmakers, but the defense, they're still going to be solid. They lose four all ACC players. Definitely going to be a hit, but I feel like they just turn them in and out year in, year out. So Clemson, definitely always going to be a tough play. BCB, want to end us with Clemson here? Yeah, so obviously, you know, I'm about line play on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think you can, if you were to just go off the offensive and defensive line combined, Clemson might have the best team in the, in the nation just based off of those two things. Uh, they got a kid by the name of Xavier Thomas who's playing about his seventh year in college football, it feels like. Uh, but I think the kid's going to be a, a game-breaker for him again this year. Um, the Cade Klubnik thing, I think he got anointed a little early. We'll see. I think he still has got to take a step forward. You know me, I'm more uh, gun-shy on young quarterbacks than most people. People are ready to anoint them. I usually want to see about yep. 25 games worth of work before I have an opinion, and then by that time, they're off to the NFL. Um, while they might not have, like, a DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Hop, uh, you know, Sammy Watkins-type player at the wide receiver position, I do think they're pretty good. Uh, I like Antonio Williams, Bo Collins, and then they've got the Adam Randall kid, who I think has been a little banged up the last couple of years coming back. Huge fan of Will Shipley. So I do think – here's the thing that I'll say about Clemson. Um, I think I thought they needed to make a change at the offensive coordinator position and Garrett Riley as, as a home run hire. Uh, he was able to get, you know, uh, he was able, able to get TCU um, to a game they should have never been in. And luckily with the expanded playoff, never will be again. So <laughs> – he was able to kind of make a chicken salad out of chicken shit there at TCU last year. And uh, I think he'll do much better here at, uh, at Clemson this season. One thing to note, like I said, I thought the Clemson offense had gotten kind of stale from 2018 to 2020. They averaged over about roughly almost 44 points every single game or every single year. They averaged 44 points a game that dropped to 26 points a game in 2021 and then 33 points a game in 2022. So I think you're going to see a dominant defensive team this year in Clemson. I think the offense is going to be good enough. They're probably going to be the most talented team in 12 of 12 games they play mm -hmm. this year um, in terms of having the best players. So we'll see. They return a lot of starters uh, from a team that was 11 and three last year. And uh, yeah, I think they're a dark horse playoff contender. I wouldn't be surprised if they run the table and um, they get the Florida state game at home. They get Notre Dame at home. Really, their toughest road games, that South Carolina game, uh, they don't play that till the last week of the season. So I think they'll they'll be undefeated going into that game. And, you know, rivalry games on the road, 50-50 shot, right? But I'm, I'm high on Clemson this year. I just – I don't bet them. They're like 140 to win the conference title. Mm. I'm not going to do that. You can take – you know, you basically you just bet the money line, right, on the Florida State game. And then if, if that's what you want to do, that would be like, what, minus 220? Right, they double right. down somewhere else when they have a close spread. Uh, basically, those two wins would probably get you close to plus 10. So, I love it. Moving on to our next uh, big favorite in the ACC, Florida State at plus 170. So I'll start us off here with this one. 10-3 and three last year, Jordan Travis, amazing athlete, great quarterback. One of my favorite games of the year last year, uh, Florida State at LSU, or I guess it was neutral to start the year off. Awesome way to start. Uh, college football off they do open again this year with LSU so that'll be a tough one um, other than that eight starters return on offense last year they were 16th nationally in overall offensive production which I thought was awesome they do gain another wide receiver from Michigan State Keon Coleman great great pickup in the transfer portal Trey Benson leading the backfield again another solid running back 
defense all put together as well. One thing to note that just came out today, their defensive tackle Jackson, he was expected to front, you know, the front seven. His transfer was denied. He wanted to come home to be closer to his mother. Uh, the NCAA denied that today. So that's going to be one thing to watch as the year goes on because he was always expected to be on that front seven. So definitely going to be tough here uh, to see what they have um, can do to kind of solidify that up front. But obviously they have the other pieces around to get there. VCB. Yeah, Florida State, uh, like you said, probably the second best team in the conference. Uh, they have an awesome game to kick off the season. So one that I'm really looking forward to, especially after last year's game. So yeah, an LSU game this year, it's in Orlando. So we'll see. Um, also, September 23rd, they got to go to Clemson. So very good chance, um, depending on how the if they get the breaks or not. But Florida State could be the best two and two team in the country after the first four weeks. Uh, they're they're not uh, the schedule's not too kind to them to start gets a lot easier after they play Clemson in the bye so um, could very well end up 10 and 2 so that's probably going to be something we revisit um, towards the end of September maybe there'll be some futures out there on them that we'll have a little bit of juice on uh, when they get behind the eight ball Jordan Travis just continues to improve uh, Keon Coleman big pickup for him he should be at Ole Miss but that's neither here nor there uh, they also got another uh, major transfer, a kid who I think might be the best tight end in the country last year. Uh, at least he's a dynamic playmaker anyway, uh, Jaheim Bell. Mm -hmm. uh, he's probably not actually the best tight end in the country. Uh, probably overspoke there. Uh, like I said, I love talking career starts. I think this team has the most in the country on the offensive line. They have uh, 206 career starts returning, which is absurd. Yep. So they got the big boys up front there, experienced, got a kid on the defensive line named Jared Burst, probably be a first-round draft pick. Uh, mm -hmm. He's a game record defensive end. Akeem Dent's a really nice player for him in the secondary. And then they also added a kid named Braden Fisk, uh, who was a great player at Western Michigan. He's yeah. going to be on the D-line, so that'll help him up, uh, especially since they had the kid get screwed by the NCAA yeah, yeah. on the uh, the transfer. but. I think there's a good chance, no divisions. Uh, we could see this team play Clemson twice this year, and honestly, I, I wouldn't be against that. I'd be all for it. Uh, Larry, wrap us up here. Yeah, not a ton more to add. I mean, um, excited to see their um, wide receiver. Their wide receiver one is six foot seven, Johnny Wilson. Um, he had 43 crutches for 897 yards and five touchdowns. Um, and they're also are returning um, a stud running back, Trey Benson, yep. um, who carried for 6.4 yards per carry, nine touchdowns last year, almost had a thousand yards, ran for 990 yards. Um, and I, I agree with BCB. I mean, that front seven they have is going to be create problems. Yep. Um, and if they can get pressure on, Young quarterbacks like uh, at Clemson I'll get on Kate early. Um, yeah, excited! Excited to see um, how Mike Norvell has his team ready to play. Um, they're definitely very exciting, and uh, I probably like them better to go to the ACC title game um, and play Clemson. I'm just not as high on Clemson, and Florida State will be much more exciting than them, for sure. Moving right along, uh, BCB, why don't you kick us off on the Wolfpack here, NC State. Yeah, NC State. So, um, all right, so uh, we got the team that was the uh, Cinderella last year that never really came to fruition. Yeah. Uh, the glass slipper did not fit for them last year. End of the season, eight and five, despite being a popular preseason pick. They were actually number 13 to start the season. Mm -hmm. Um Beat Eastern Carolina by one point. Never just really kind of got off on the, the right foot there. Um, I don't know. People love him. People love Brennan Armstrong. I thought he was more of a product of the system at Virginia. He's the quarterback here at NC State. Uh, a lot probably hinges on what he's able to do. Um, I will say this, though. Uh, Dave Dorn, you know, he's in his 11th season here at NC State. They've, uh, they've had six bowls over the last eight years, so – Usually they find a way to be competitive. They're good, not great. I wouldn't be surprised if they're in that mix to be, you know, the third or fourth best team in the league. Um, I just think there's a huge gap between them, uh, a huge gap between them and the top two with Clemson, Florida State. So 
For sure. Uh, yeah, this isn't really a team that's on my radar here. Uh, we'll see. I mean, looking at the schedule, uh, it's not really, you know, that tough of a schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. For sure. Larry, what do you got to add there? Yeah, nah, <clears throat> not a ton to add. Sounds like they have uh, they've benefited from an extra COVID year for a lot of their team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just – I think week two, Notre Dame's going to be a tough game for them. Oh, yeah. um, and then, I mean, they don't have the toughest schedule. They get Clemson, they get Miami at home, and they get um, UNC at home in the rivalry game. Um, but, yeah, not not a ton to love here. Um, only three returning starters on the O-line. It seems like their whole receiving – Wide receiver and tight end is in flux. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, I guess what I'll add here to finish them up, you know, you guys mentioned the new QB, Brennan Armstrong. He's also paired with the new offense coordinator who comes from Virginia. They're reuniting from back in the day. So I like that connection there. I did like Brennan Armstrong. I agree with BCB he is kind of a product of what, what he was at Virginia. Um, they do return, you know, they don't return their whole offense line, but they return both tackles. I always find that a key when you're looking at people that are leaving, graduating, going to the NFL, getting back both tackles. Their defense last year allowed 19 points per game, 100 yards rushing per game, and 326 total yards per game, tied for 20th in the country, and they're returning six on defense. I love that about NC State. I love the pairing of the offense coordinator and the quarterback. I think they're a solid team. Obviously, the hype was there last year. Maybe they can sneak under the radar for a couple, sneak out a couple wins, but we'll see. Flipping to their rival, though, Larry, uh, how about you start us off on the Tar Heels? Uh, Yeah, so Drake May. uh, This team is all about Drake May. Um, Many, many people thought Drake May was headed to Ohio State. Uh, Many people thought Drake May was not going to be back here. He's back. Um, said earlier, um, he's probably he'll probably be the top quarterback taken next April. It'll be him or Caleb Williams, depending on uh, what type of quarterback you're looking for. They're they're fairly similar. Um, they lost their offensive coordinator though. Phil Lugo went to Wisconsin to team up with uh, Fickle, yeah. um, so they have a new offensive coordinator. Um, Chip Lindsey is taking over, um, but they should be keeping their offense, their passing scheme very similar. Yep. Um, that being said, uh, they had the worst defense in the ACC last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up having four games that they ended up losing close games last year. Yep. Um, so. I Drake May can win them games, but uh, in close games, um, it's hard. It's going to be, can this defense get a stop, maybe a two stops? Yeah. Uh, which um, even that's asking for a lot. I don't know if they'll be able to do it. For sure. So, yeah, what isn't there to say about Drake May? Great quarterback, going to be a solid NFL quarterback in my eyes. Another breaking news that came out today, along with the transfer. Tez Walker, wide receiver that was scheduled to be there, a wide receiver one, maybe two. His portal request was denied as well by the NCAA. Those are the only two I have today to report on from that just broke on Twitter. By the time you guys get this recording, you'll you'll see that as well. But otherwise, they still have solid tight ends, solid running backs. I'm going to drop a BCB stat here. They have four offensive linemen in their fifth year. That is nuts. Um, so solid, solid offensive line that they're going to have. Touching on what Larry said, defense was last in sacks, last in pass yards allowed, and second to last in rushing yards allowed. That defense has got to shore up if they want any shot at making the ACC championship. And the last thing I'll end with is last year, to begin the year, they were 4-0 in games decided by three or less. They ended the year, they were 0-3 with Wow, four or fewer points. So those one possession games, they got to figure around, figure a way, like Larry said, get the defense to make a stop, do something to kind of 
turn the tide right there. Uh, BCB, let's hear what you got. Yeah, so this is a team I would probably firmly have third. Uh, like, if you want to talk about, like, I, I would have it, like, if I was doing a horse pick, right, my trifecta yeah. would <laughs> would strictly be Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina's third. So yep. um, I feel very strongly about those teams in that order. Uh, Drake May, like you said, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Interested to kind of see how he does as a pro. Interested to see how he does this year. Mac Brown's had a lot of talented quarterbacks over the years. You remember Sam Howe kind of plateaued, though. He looked good early and then never really got any better. Um, I hope that doesn't happen with Drake May. I hope he takes a step forward here and solidifies himself as a top-five pick. Like you said, there, if you take Tez Walker away from the wide receivers, that group gets a little bit, uh, little bit dicey. I do think nowadays, though, every single high school in the country, it seems like, runs a spread offense. So <laughs> the margin for error at wide receiver is a little larger than it has been. Yeah. Uh, they're really good at running back, and uh, they, they don't really have any standout, but they've got a really solid running back by committee room there that they feel. Yep. Um, to touch on the offensive line, so they've got a seventh-year kid on the offensive line. So always a fan of that. They also added a three-time all-sunbelt kid interior offensive lineman named Willie Lampkin from Coastal Carolina this year. They have 137 career starts, and they hired uh, Randy Clements, who was the offensive line coach for North Texas, who averaged over 200 rushing yards per game last year. So from an interior standpoint, I think they're going to be really good. Um, If you're a fan of Bill Conley uh, from ESPN, his S&P Plus ratings, North Carolina hasn't even sniffed the top 100 in defense the last two years. Uh, they have about one good player on the defense named Cedric Gray, and the rest is kind of an unknown commodity. Like, this defense has been so bad that when they lose players, um, you're kind of like, well, you know, maybe that's a little bit of a blessing in disguise. See what the next guy can do. Um, before the Tez Walker ineligible, before that came up, the news came up of him being ineligible, they were the sixth most experienced team in the country. Mm-hmm. And they avoid Florida State on the schedule. So um, you want to talk about like games that might matter. November 18th, they play at Clemson. They could still be alive for, like you said, there's no division. So yeah. you're just going to be top two that game. They play at Clemson, at North Carolina State to end the season. Those two are probably going to have huge implications for a conference title game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, week, week one should be exciting too. It's... <laughs> They get South Carolina in the neutral site. They're playing in Charlotte um, kickoff weekend. They're at uh, the Panthers, Charlotte Panthers Stadium week one. Um, South Carolina will probably beat the shit out of them, but it will still be a fun uh, kind of kickoff weekend on September 2nd. Um, South cool. Carolina versus uh, UNC neutral site. Two weeks later, they play Minnesota as part of their non-conference. So that non-conference, it's nothing to uh... – it- and they got Appalachian State week two yeah. again. That's yeah. like an overbetter's dream last year. So. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> we were on App State on that game, and if they just made one stop, we win. And it's like, man, they – It was tough. It was a heartbreaker. Heartbreaker for sure. Uh, next one uh, up. Uh, oh. One thing – oh, sorry, I was going to say one thing I'll add real quick. I did in my notes and forgot. Uh, yeah. North Carolina is like a retirement home for coaches here as well, too. So you got Mac Brown, who they brought out of retirement. Yeah. Gene yeah. Chizik. Gene Chizik's on the staff. <laughs> well, they, right. brought him, <laughs> they brought him out of retirement. Okay. Um, and then they got former Troy head coach Chip Lindsey to be the <laughs> coordinator after he got fired uh, yeah. from there. So – yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a who's who of guys that used to coach good there on North Carolina staff. I love it. Mac knows how to stack them over there. <laughs> um, next up, we got Clem or excuse me, Louisville. Uh, I'll start us off here. One of the things I said about when we went through our Big Ten preview is product of the schedule. How can the schedule work for you? Louisville is one of those teams where the schedule actually works for them through and from the year beginning of the year to the end. Number one, though, they bring Brom back from uh, Purdue, former player, uh, bring him back to the to Louisville, which is great. They avoid FSU and Clemson this year, which is awesome. They bring in Plummer, quarterback from Cal, used to be at Purdue when Brom was there. So they have some sort of relationship, which I like. Their defense returned six. They offered 19 points per game last year. So a solid defense on, on their end. Uh, they have two running backs, Jordan and Turner, solid, solid players. 
but where they're going to lack on the offensive end is their wide receivers. They only have one returning starter for a receiver at Louisville, which is going to be tough, especially in a Brom offense. Secondary solid, and they return this stud on the defensive line. Gillot, Gillot, Gillette, maybe. Anyways, solid play. Got to watch a little tape on him, watch a couple of games from last year. Solid player all around. Again, though, the schedule is, I think, one of the biggest benefits going for Brom in his first year back. If they can get his scheme, what he wants to do, it's always tough in that first year, but I think they uh, they can make a little run. Larry, or excuse me, BCB. Yeah, so uh, we had a little bit. We were we were almost the ones that broke the Jeff Brom news uh, last year. We had we had some inside scoops there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't know exactly the team. Just knew he was he was out of Purdue. Yep. Um, didn't break it. I think this team's fascinating because the the fanfare and kind of the love for the program it seemed like it definitely died down with mm-hmm. Scott Satterfield last year. This was definitely like a, a major change. Um, major change that was needed and then you go out you get Jeff Brom who like the Brom family to Louisville's kind of like the Manning family to Ole Miss like there's a uh, there's a huge love for Brom there he's from there recruits Louisville well I think their quarterback room's fascinating they've got Jack Plummer uh, who was at Purdue played at Cal last year he's a really nice player Cal just didn't have weapons Uh, they also have a kid named Brock Doman who played a little bit. He was a Juco kid as well. They also have a senior, Evan Conley, who, who actually played as a freshman here in like 2019. Okay. It just had never broke through. They thought he was going to be solid. He's never worked out for him. They added Brady Allen from Purdue, who was a former Mr. Football in Indiana. Okay. Um, and a quarterback was a highly ranked quarterback. And then they added Harrison Bailey from UNLV. So they have a lot of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Harrison Bailey, who had been Tennessee and then UNLV. So they've, they've added a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, probably maybe we'll see, you know, multiple quarterbacks play um, in a game for them. Like you said, they go Georgia Tech, neutral site. Technically, it's in Atlanta. Uh, I think that's at the, the dome there. And then they actually play IU um, at Lucas Oil here in Indianapolis. Okay. Week three, so a couple neutral field games to, to get the season started. Looking at their, their offensive line, so they do have 150 career starts, so they, they've got some experience up front. I do think, like I said, Brommel is still kind of a, an energy here. Uh, I, think they'll, I think they'll be pretty solid. I think they'll have a puncher's chance in most of their games, probably going to be underdogs, but I think you'll probably get some, uh, some pretty favorable spots to back in his dogs. Um, just looking at uh, Brahms, you know, record as a head coach, he's 15, 10, and one um, as an away underdog against the spread. So, hell yeah, that's you can do a lot worse than that. <laughs> Larry, uh, wrap us up on Louisville here. Um, yeah, no, I mean, this is a team I'll be looking at betting uh, week in, week out. Um, I'm excited to bet them. Um, there is, I mean, there's going to be an adjustment period for Brom to bring in his system. I am a big fan of Jake Plummer. Um, I enjoyed watching him at Cal last year. Um, and yeah, I mean, you've both mentioned it. I, it's a very favorable schedule. Um, even the away games are at neutral sites, even though. I, I guess that's a home game for Indiana and a home game for Georgia Tech. Or I guess is that considered a home game for Louisville at Indianapolis? Yeah, that uh the IU there, the the fan base. Uh that they'll probably it'll probably be close to 50-50, I would imagine. It might even be more Louisville. Gotcha. Um this, but this, yes. this is the second time they played at Lucas Oil. They had a pretty big turnout. They played Purdue there. I think like Brahms like first game. Oh, no shit. Uh, Purdue was that Lucas Oil against Purdue. And that's like Lamar Jackson. That was when he was coming back from his uh, Heisman run. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they, their secondary looks like it's going to be one of the best in the um, country. So, um, yeah, no, I, one of the, they're going to have a very good defensive unit, um, which is, uh, should do well to this uh, schedule. Um, but yeah. Um, I'm excited to watch this team, and I'll be excited to uh, bet on them whenever they're underdogs. For sure. All right, moving right along. We're kind of flying through this. I love it. Uh, next up, the U, BCB, plus 2,000 to win the ACC. What do you got here? 
Yeah, Miami is not back. Um, I'm not going to say it's Miami's <laughs> year. <laughs> the the Mario Cristobal. All right, so here's here's always been my my issue with Mario Cristobal. So I was a big like Justin Herbert fan. Yeah. Uh, and it seemed like there they they kind of ran into the same problem their offense ran into where they would sit there and do the fucking screen passes and run it up the middle for two yards all game. Yeah. And then whenever their their ass was in a pinch, they would sit there and then they'd let Herbert air it out and go get him a touchdown later, go set him up for a field goal and yeah. bail him out in games that they should have been winning. Um. I don't know. Van Dyke, he was injured last year, didn't play well. Apparently Alabama came knocking this year and he decided to stay. So good for him. Uh, he's got to pick it up though. They He's got to play at a better level than what they did last year. I mean, this team gave up three touchdowns of 70 yards or longer to mid 10 state. So surely they can't be worse than that. Uh, they played the other Miami week one on a Friday night. That'll be a fun game. <laughs> week two, the Texas A&M game is either going to be a wake-up call uh, for, for one one side of that, right? Like, one side yep. of that game, like, yep. one team's going to come out there feeling really good. The other team's season might be over if they get crushed in that game. For sure. So, uh, they feel good about their offensive line, so I like that for them. Um, you know, Mario Cristobal, they, they should be good up front with a guy like him coaching. Um yeah, going through it, they do get Tyler Harrell transfers in from Alabama. I don't know if they'll get anything from him. He, I, you never really kind of know sometimes with these portal kids. So they get Clemson. They play Clemson at home. Uh, have to go to Florida State later in the season. Like I said, they get the Texas A&M game. They yeah. could probably win eight games. That wouldn't surprise me just looking at the schedule, but I don't really expect them to, to be a contender or make noise in the conference or uh, anything spectacular this year. But right we shall see all right larry lead us away here um yeah so you both said it um as long as van dyke can stay healthy um it looks like they brought in a new offensive coordinator shannon dawson um which will be bringing an air raid offense in um which is much favorable to um speedy quarterbacks or not speedy quarterbacks but receivers and skill players and, um, yeah, I mean, if we remember what Van Dyke did his uh, rookie season, uh, he threw for 2,900 yards and 26 touchdowns um, to almost to win some honors for ACC Rookie of the Year. So Van Dyke can stay healthy. Um, this offense will be fun to watch. Um, it also, they're returning <clears throat> some All-American or an All-American two-anchor the defense in Cameron Kitchens, um, which is their safety. Um, but they do have some glaring holes on defense. Yeah. Um, of all, isn't going anywhere. Um, but they should be much better this year than they were last year, um, as long as Van Dyke can stay healthy. Um, I mean, their schedule is very favorable. Uh, it looks like Texas A&M is easily their hardest game in their first, um, first five weeks, and then they go to then they get go to North Carolina and get Clemson at home back to back weeks. Um, they could be five and one heading to Clemson, which then becomes or getting Clemson at home, which would then become a huge game and would be awesome for us to watch. Oh yeah. Only thing I'll add here is, yeah, they got both a new defensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator. Dawson comes from Houston, where they ran the air raid, bringing the air raid to the U, which will be fun. Uh, Larry mentioned Kitchens on uh, the defensive side of the ball, All-American returning. They do lose both cornerbacks, which is going to be tough. But overall, I think the story for the Hurricanes last year is that, as you guys kind of touched on, injuries killed this team last year. Van Dyke wasn't healthy. They lost a couple on the offensive line. Their offensive line this year is one of the best in the country. I'd put them in the top three, the, the offensive line the Hurricanes are putting out. So we'll see what they can do. The end of their schedule, yeah, that's where it kind of beats up on them a little bit, but we'll see. Uh, Larry, we're kind of diving down to uh, the long shots here, plus 2,500 pit. Uh, any comments on them? Um, so they get um, former Boston College, former Notre Dame quarterback, uh, Bill Jerkovic. Um, he had a tough season due to inconsistent line play and injuries last year at BC. 
Um, still think he's a very talented kid. <clears throat> he's actually from Pittsburgh, too. It sounds like he's very excited to be there. He's very excited to play at home. Um, at running back, they have uh, an MVP of the Sun Bowl, Rodney Hammett Jr., who uh, replaces an NFL hopeful. Uh, the offensive line only returns three starters, um, so that's going to be tough. Um, yeah, I mean, despite um, new quarterback and a new offensive coordinator, um, it's going to be a tough year for Pitt. Yeah, I'm kind of on the flip side of them. So Phil Jerkovich, a former Notre Dame BC quarterback, uh, he's coming into play. I like I like what he does with the ball. He's kind of more of a game manager. I would say this is typically a red flag that they only return five on defense. Last year, they were number two in sacks, number 23 in defense overall. But Narduzzi, this guy knows how to develop defensive players. He does it year in, year out. One of my favorite head coaches in all of college football, if parents ever decides to go, I hope this is one of the first guys that we call because he he coaches to almost Iowa football and what we promote here on our island. But otherwise, uh, they return most of their skilled players on the offense. I think Phil's going to have you know a decent year. I think they, they have a, a shot, a long shot. I think plus 2,500 is a good number to put them at, but don't sleep on Narduzzi. He's um, – one of my favorite head coaches in college football, BCB. Yeah, so like you said, defense is kind of this team's calling card. Uh, they got the defensive coordinators back for a six-year. Randy Bates comes in. Last year, they gave up 3.3 yards per carry on the ground. That was the most they had given up uh, since 2019 as well. So, uh, or sorry, since 2018. So they've given up, it was three three yards per carry in 2019, 2.7, 2.7, and then 3.3 <laughs> last year. So that's just absurd numbers yeah. uh, for for a team that kind of finds ways to to go out there and uh, get players. Because if you know, like, even on the defensive line last year, uh, they had Kalijah Cansey, who ended up being a top, you know, NFL draft pick. Yep. It was kind of undersized. So they identify talent on the D-line, and they make it work. So – you know what you're going to get from a defensive standpoint. It wasn't that long ago that Yurkovic was a uh, high, you know, highly touted NFL prospect. I remember I went to a game at Boston College when he was there. He had injured his wrist. He's never really kind of been the same since that. Um, but I remember that game. He was in a cast, and the talk about him, you know, at that point in the season was people were throwing out, you know, future potential first round draft pick in the NFL. Can yeah. um, he pick it? You know, kind of made that leap here. Uh, he. he that was under Narduzzi. It wasn't different offensive coordinator, uh, but they do bring the OC from Boston College with your COVID here. So we'll see. Sometimes a little bit of change of scenery is all it takes. He could have, you know, a good year here. Um, if he plays up to his potential, they're able, they've got a puncher's chance in every game. Yep. Uh, we'll see. They they go on the road late October to Notre Dame. That might be an uh, upset beware game there for the Irish. Mm -hmm. He'll probably be favored. It uh, looks like in November, too, they play a neutral side game against Syracuse and the Bronx. So I'm imagining that's Yankee Stadium. So that's a fun game. Um, but I think, you know, Pittsburgh, they could be in the they could be in the hunt late in the season. Uh, they don't have to play Clemson. So they yeah. do dodge Clemson from that. They get Florida State is their toughest conference game. But other than that, like I said, they've got a chance in all the other conference games. Um, things break their way. They could very easily be 7-0 going to that Notre Dame game. So a little bit of a sleeper team here. You said it's 2,500? Plus 2,500, yep. Yeah, that's like you hit a horse bet and you have a little extra and you you don't want to pocket it and you want to put 50 bucks down or something on something that would be kind of fun. I I would take a chance at that that number. I really like uh, week four, too, uh, home against North Carolina, just the battle of two worlds. Uh, Full-on offense versus a fucking diehard defense. I think that's going to be a hell of a game and really – be the turning point to see how either team's season's going to go if North Carolina can break through that or Pitt's defense can hold them up. But moving along, talking about defense, I'll go ahead and kick us off with Duke plus 3,000. New head coach, Elko. They returned 17 starters. Uh, they got this guy, Riley Leonard, at quarterback. He's returning back. I actually kind of like him. Uh, he's a mobile white guy, if I remember correctly. But uh, the defense... 
Elko was their defensive coordinator. Uh, head coach got fired last year. They put Elko in at quarterback or at head coach. The defense under Elko went from 40 points per game to allowing 22 points per game. Love that stat. Love a defensive-minded head coach. They do lose two of uh, their top two tacklers, and they play a tough-ass schedule. They got Clemson. They got uh, home against Notre Dame at Florida State, at Louisville, at North Carolina, just to kind of end out the year. So schedule doesn't do them any favors. It, it really helped them out last year, uh, get to that bowl game. But overall, man, I really like this guy, Elko. Maybe not this year, but – I like the way he's turning the program in the direction that he is. Uh, BCB. Yeah, I think Elko. Uh, so he came in, he was a defensive coordinator at Texas A&M a couple of years back. He had really kind of, you know, gained national headlines there. Comes in, takes the job at Duke. They weren't expected to do anything last year, end up nine and four. Uh, but I honestly think they're one of those teams, though, they could go like seven and five this year and be improved. They had uh, – so – they recovered 67% of all fumbles last year that occurred during their games, uh, which is almost an unsustainable number. Yep. Also, too, like if you look at their passes that were dropped by defenders, it should have equated to like 12 interceptions. It ended up being like five. So they had a lot of turnover luck last year. Um, but they did bring in the offensive coordinator from Memphis. So you look – so uh, just like going back to the 2021 20, numbers when they weren't a good football team at all, Averaged 22 points a game on offense, gave up 39, almost 40. And then they flipped the script last year. They averaged 32 points, so improved 10 points a game on offense. Uh, and then with, and improved 17 points on defense, allowed 22. So when you've got good defense and good quarterback play in college football, usually that's a, that's enough to give you a chance. Uh, they, play the Clemson, they play Clemson on a Monday night to start the season. I don't think that one's going to go their way. Uh, but then the next three games, they go Lafayette. Northwestern and then at Connecticut so they got a chance there to get to three and one before playing Notre Dame um, which they get at home but probably not going to contend for a title uh, probably more of a, a spoiler team here to, to kind of watch out for if you're gambling they do have to play so they have a stretch here from October 21st to November 18th uh, it's a five game stretch they play four away games and then the one home game they get to Thursday night game so don't give me the over on their win total or anything. That's really tough schedule to, to try and uh, try and go against. Um, the outcome here is going to be pretty volatile. Uh, Phil Steele, I know just looking at his magazine, they had he has nine sets of power ratings that he runs to give him expected win losses. Uh, he said it ranges anywhere from six and six to eleven and one. So <laughs> this this is going to be a team that if they're getting a lot of points one night, probably going to be interested. But yep. uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I was going to say um, against the spread too. So Elko was six and two against the spread in conference last year and three and one is an away dog. So like I said, if they're getting points. Ride it. Yeah. Love it. Larry, finishing thoughts on Duke. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, I'm willing to bet Duke after what I've just heard. Um, the jump from 2021 to 2022 Getting 10 points better on offense and 17 points better on defense is unreal. Uh, I mean, are they going to recover 16 fumbles and get 10 interceptions again? I don't know. That's crazy numbers. Um, but no, I mean, I'm <laughs> learning about Duke on the fly. I'm now very excited about this offense. Um, I, I'm now a fan of Riley Leonard. Um, he also gets his, uh, he gets three receivers back, Jalen Calhoun, Elijah Pankle, and, uh, intriguing junior Jordan Moore, who was a quarterback as a freshman, uh, last year, Moore had, uh, 60 catches for, uh, 656 yards and five touchdowns. Um, always love when a quarterback, uh, transitions to receiver, um, and their rushing attack last year had 31 touchdowns which is crazy um so I expect Duke to score a lot of points um and their defense to be better which um yeah I mean they're gonna be playing upset um I mean after Clemson they have a pretty pretty easy schedule until Notre Dame um but yeah no I I'll be I'm excited to watch them um 
Yeah, I mean, just looking at um, Riley Leonard's their leading rusher returning, and he had 13 touchdowns last year and almost 700 rushing yards, which is, um, yeah, not falling in love with Duke the more we talk about them. So um, excited to watch them and excited to bet them even more. Love it. One of my favorite teams that won me ungodly amount of money the last couple of years, BCB will let you start us off with Wake Forest. Yeah, so Wake Forest, uh, the Hartman era is over there, unfortunately. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I think he was the perfect quarterback they had for that offense. Uh, they have a kid replacing him this year by the name of Mitch Griffiths, who in his one game last year threw for 348 yards, five touchdowns, and an interception. So, oh. hey, maybe there's uh, there's more to come here. It is kind of more of a system, though, right? right? That was the thing they always said about Hartman. He was perfect for Boston's system. So okay. maybe it is a little bit of plug and play. Um, apparently, the, the new quarterback, Clausen's compared him to John Wolford. So, obviously, they, they do like the kid. Um, for those of you that like betting underdogs in the NFL playoffs, you probably know who John Wolford is from the Rams. But, uh, again, they, they think highly of the kids. So, we'll see. Uh, they do lose a lot of talent at wide receiver, which is tough um, to, to go in, especially when you're a school like Wake Forest. You're, you're kind of limited a little bit um, from an academic standpoint on – on what you can do. Uh, so they are, I think, one of the most experienced offensive lines in the ACC. Uh, both of the starters that they do bring back were all conference last year, so that's a plus. I just think they're, they're definitely under the radar. They're just inexperienced. I think they're up against it. You're breaking in a new quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm sure they'll find a way to get, you know, five or six wins. They play – the problem is, though, like we said, kind of looking at the schedule, they play at Duke, at Clemson, at Virginia Tech, at Notre Dame, at Syracuse. Those aren't really the easiest slate of uh, away games that you have there. Honestly, I think they could be kind of on upset alert week two against a Vanderbilt team. So that Vanderbilt team, is, I think they're sneaky this year. But uh, they get – and then, again, the home games, they get Florida State and Pittsburgh at home. Those are two tough games. I just – I'm. On paper, they're a fine football team. It's just they're not nearly as good as uh, the other teams in this conference, in my opinion. For sure. Larry, what are your thoughts on Wake Forest? I know we used to write them back in the day. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to miss Sam Hartman and A.T. Perry a lot. Um, I loved A.T. Perry. Um, he was one of my favorite receivers to watch. Um, Sam Hartman threw him the ball frequently. Um, they do still – their offense is wild to watch. They run that fucking delayed, delayed run, handoff, pass. Nobody has any idea what's going on. Um, I do think it's going to be a really tough year for them. Um, they have an easy first month, um, but then the eight eight games, I mean, their ACC schedule is brutal. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a tough year. Um, I won't be betting on them much this year. Yeah, uh, only thing to add to what you guys said, defense, it's not Duke great, but it's not North Carolina bad. They did allow 28 points per game last year, so I think that's got to shore up a little bit unless Griffiths can keep up the offense with that. And then on the defense side of the ball, outside of Carson, their one cornerback, no other cornerback on their roster has more than one game in college football. So definitely something to watch, especially with some of these pass-happy teams. But just to reiterate, like you both said, Slow start to the season. Vandy's going to be a tough one in week two, but that end of the schedule, just it could it could go downhill pretty quick here. But one one interesting note I'll add too is Clawson apparently said they have the best wide receivers in the ACC. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think that's uh, there's probably some coach speak there. <laughs> they like their guys. Losing AT hurt. I know their wide receivers are good from everything that I read up on them and did my research, but best in the ACC uh, might be a little bit of a long shot. That's like, it's not such a Chris Ballard move, though. That's like his Colts fans. We just all make fun of him because every year he says we <laughs> like our guys, and then they're four and 13, and you're starting a practice squad guy in like major positions by week eight. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Football's around the corner, boys. Um, Larry, uh, we've got what's, what's it, five teams left. I think the rest of these teams, kind of long shots, but we'll still hit on them. Larry, uh, you want to shed some light on Syracuse for us up in the Northeast? I got not much on them. 
Fair enough. I'll turn it over to, uh, I'll take over for Syracuse. So they return Schrader at quarterback. Uh, they lose their third uh, leading rusher in school history, Tucker at running back. That's going to be tough. Again, we lose three on the offensive line. There's a bunch of holes in the secondary, but they do return seven. So their front seven is going to be good, not great, but it's really that secondary that's going to be the problem. Uh, their new OC is uh, Schrader's former coach, which is always, always a positive. One of my favorite things, and this is why I love Dino Babers, they got a new uh, defensive coordinator, 73-year-old Rocky Long. I love old school fucking defense in my own hit them fucking in the nose type defense. So that'll be something to watch the defense side of the ball. Again, the secondary is going to be a problem, but I think their front seven's fairly solid uh, BCB. Any last thoughts here? Yeah. I think Babers is one of those guys. It's like he goes five and seven again last year. He probably gets fired and he, he really only saved his job because they went six and out. So they start six and zero, finish zero and six, win the bowl game, <laughs> and then they're bringing Garrett Schrader back yeah. uh, at quarterback. Here it seems like he's been in college football for ten years. Uh, they're not very not very experienced on the offensive line, so uh, that's kind of that's kind of uh, underwhelming to me as well. The defensive line doesn't look great. I I just don't think this is a good football team. This is like I I remember my high school coach used to tell me like. He described one team we played against as so unorthodox that they were good. And yeah. <laughs> like, like they're a bad football team in every aspect of the word, but they're so unorthodox. They're actually kind of good. Yeah. I, I think this is like how that Syracuse team is going to be this year. It's like, it's not going to be pretty to watch, but all of a sudden they're going to have somebody in a game late that, oh. that they shouldn't. Uh, the carrier dome is a tough place to play too, especially when it's rocking. I think, I think it's one of the funnest, uh, you know, one of the funnest environments in college football. It's, it's, it's underrated, in my opinion. I'm a huge Carrier Dome fan guy. Wish they were going to be better. I, I would say they're probably a three, four win team. Um, they just don't have the horses to compete this year, I don't think. At under week four, home uh, with Army. I think that's about as big a lock as you can get. But Which Army's going, they're not even running like the wing key triple option anymore. Um, it's going to like a shotgun spread. So. So just for the listeners' notes, Larry and BCB are our G5 guys. So again, trust what we got. We're, we're all here to circle all sorts of the wagon. Uh, I'll kind of, we got, oh, let's see, four teams left. Virginia Tech plus 10,000. Last year, they averaged 19 points per game on the offense side of the ball, 120th nationally, two better than Iowa, believe it or not. 50-50, uh, they don't even have a started quarterback between this guy named Wells and Drones. Offensive line, super young, and they got a bunch of transfers in at wide receiver. The defense is a work in progress. I don't got much to say about these last couple teams outside Georgia Tech, which we'll get to. But Vodtech, I don't see much, if anything, from this this year. So don't really have too much to say on that. Uh, BCB, thoughts on Vodtech? Yeah, it's, it's kind of tough because, like, I remember growing up, man, like Mike Vick, Tyrod Taylor, like those dudes at Virginia Tech, like they were different. Like Virginia Tech was always a fun team uh, to watch as a kid. One of like just growing up, you know, they had the purple and orange, uh, like the colors kind of popped and stuff. And it was, it was cool. Uh, I think unfortunately we're at the, the point here where they're probably a bottom dweller um, in the ACC for the four foreseeable future, which is unfortunate. I, I don't like their chances at all really this year. Um, they don't have much offensive line depth. They think they might be a little improved, but we'll see. They go to uh, – they play Purdue at home week two. I'm interested to see how that game goes. Uh, they go to Rutgers then the next week. So they got a couple of Big Ten schools out of conference. Not not world beaters by any means, but those aren't easy games. Then they're going to Marshall week four, which, again, that's going to be a tough – they're playing on the road at Marshall. Uh, the Marshall house will probably be packed for that. So – the schedule just doesn't really do them a lot of favors. I don't think they're very talented. Um, I know the Baylor, following Baylor, you know, like I have the last couple of years, that drones kid transferred from Baylor. He's a solid runner. I think they were they were kind of high on him. They liked him. Um, he wasn't going to start over Blake Shapin. Take, take that what you will. So <laughs> um, read into that what you will. But no, I don't. I don't see much coming from Virginia Tech. They're three and eight last year. Unfortunately, had that tragedy at the end of the year. Um, 
I don't know. I, I don't think they, they're going to be very competitive. Larry, finishing up on Vatek. Pass. All right. Moving right along, Georgia Tech, BCB. We got our last three teams. All right, so we get Brent Key coming in here. Um, once they fired their head coach last year, it really kind of turned around for him. Uh, I know that they had a huge point differential to start last year. So you take away – take away they played Western Carolina week two last year to start. Um, take that game out of the equation. They lost 10-41 to 41 to Clemson to start. They lost 0-42 to, to Ole Miss in week three. And then they lost 10-27 at UCF. Fire the head coach. Uh, turn it around. Actually, beat Pittsburgh. A ranked Pittsburgh on the road is twenty-two point underdogs the next week. And then Brent Key's kind of had it moving a little bit here. Uh, did lose Jeff Sims to the portal. Thought he was a really nice player. They lost uh, cornerback, who was one of their best defensive players, Zachary Walton. He went to Ole Miss um, this year as well too. So they did get hit by the portal a little bit. I think looking at it now, they have Haynes King coming in from Texas A&M to try and play quarterback this year. We'll see how that works for them. They also have a kid named Zach Gibson that had transferred in from Akron last year um, and started a little bit at Akron. So maybe he's in the mix if, if King can't stay healthy, which he hasn't hasn't really been able to. Um, I know they also like the Zach Byron kid uh, who's on the roster as well as a redshirt freshman. So they've got a little bit of talent. Um, like I said, they kind of got it moving last year. They play at Ole Miss week three. So um, I'm hoping they're improved but not too good. <laughs> you know, I, I think I think they could go bowling, um, but I don't really think they're like a competitor. I don't think they're going to be competitive for the conference title or anything like that. Yeah, plus fifteen hundred or plus fifteen thousand. Excuse me, Larry, uh, Georgia Tech. Another pass for me. Old Miss is going to beat the shit out of them. I don't well, know why. Well, I don't know what BCB is worried about. I, <laughs> I will say this though. Shout out Chris Winkie, uh, terrible NFL quarterback, Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, is the offensive coordinator here this year. So, love it. Shout out Chris Winkie. Yeah, they started one and three, fired their head coach. Key goes four and four. I think that's a huge turnaround. Haynes King, I mean, he's an SEC quarterback. You're bringing in for a team that, hey, let's give it a shot at least. So I like that. A return four on the offense line, starting experience. Last year, though, excuse me, they were last uh, last in the rush in the ACC with 189 yards per game brought against them, which wild. They do bring in two stud transfer uh, linebackers in the portal, so only thing that's going to help them here. Uh, Boston College, our Boston guy, La, plus 15,000 as well. Uh, so make or break year for Jeff Halfley after going three and nine. Last season, um, they have a very, very, very manageable out-of-conference schedule. They get NIU, Holy Cross, Army, and UConn. They should be able to win those four games. Um, and then they'll be able to get a couple, maybe a win or two in the ACC. Um, so, yeah, I mean, four wins. I'll give them four wins. Um they lost their quarterback. They're getting Emmett Moorhead, um, sophomore quarterback. He's taking over for Jerkovic. He took over from last year. Um, played all right at times. Um, but yeah, no, BCB, they're, sorry, BC still stinks at football. Fair enough. Um, I actually kind of do like this Moorhead quarterback. Uh, he's a sophomore. Three, he started four games last year. Three out of those four, he had 250 yards plus, including an upset over North Carolina State away. They do lose Zay Flowers. Uh, their offense line still so bad. Uh, last year, they ran the ball 63 yards per game, and they were 126 in sacks allowed. So something has to improve there. They do have a new OC, Rod Chudzinski. They're out of conference, like Larry mentioned. It's, it's easier than than most in the other uh, other conference members, but they do get to avoid Clemson, Notre Dame. So I'm with Larry. Four or five wins. Yeah, I, I'd give it to him. Yeah, I think uh, I think looking at it here. So like you said, the offensive line they went from four career starts last year to 137 this year. Okay. So they did hit the portal. I uh, got a kid from Texas State. 
and they get all five starters back and a kid from injury. Um, so I think, I think they do have a lot more talent up front just off of that. I, I like their ability to improve. Um, they're also, so they're actually also mo more improved on the defensive line. Um, and this is just an interesting footnote. They said every defensive lineman's gained at least 10 pounds since last season. So uh, apparently the strength and uh, conditioning coach has been doing his job down there. Uh, they do have 15 returning starters and they avoid Clemson and North Carolina in ACC play. So you dodge two bullets there. It's really kind of a manageable schedule. Um, they get Northern Illinois Holy Cross to start. So those are two winnable games. Get Florida State at home. So the schedule's really kind of shaken out for them to kind of be a surprise team. I think they're like one of those teams they could have seven or eight wins, um, but they're just not a good team. Like they're not, <laughs> not as good as what you'd expect like a power five team that's won eight games to be. But um, yeah, we'll see. The, the Pat Garwo kid that plays running back's a really nice player for him. And they added uh, Kai Robchaw from Western Kentucky as well at running back. So if they got the big boys moving, maybe they can run the ball a little bit, let Moorhead make some plays and uh, see what happens. But I think uh, Trudzinski also, too, was a former NFL um, offensive coordinator. So he was with the uh, – he was actually the head coach of the Cleveland Browns at one point and then was fired from their offensive coordinator with the Colts and got fired uh, as well, too. So they've got, they've got pedigree. They've got a lot of NFL guys on the staff. So no ball. We'll see what happens. They're probably going to be that, that underdog team this year um, in some games where we're going to get them in some nice spots. Love it. Wrapping up the ACC, uh, UVA. Not much to say on them, uh, you know, from an odds perspective, they have the long shot here. Three and seven last year, they returned nine starters overall. Their quarterback this year is Musket. He's from Monmouth. So always love seeing an FCS quarterback come in and play, especially in the Power 5 team. So that'll be interesting. I will say the one positive, out of those nine starters that returned, six of them are on defense. So they're going to be okay on defense. I think they've been known – for a defensive type team the last couple of years. So I think they're going to keep that stigma going, but on the offensive side of the ball, they have a new offensive line and their top four wide receivers are gone. So I feel bad for this musket guy coming in playing. Don't really see too much out of Virginia, Larry. Yeah, no, I mean, fuck it. They got a brutal schedule too. I mean, week one versus Tennessee in Nashville, they're <laughs> going to get fucking stomped. Uh, James Madison week two. James Madison, a very good Sun Belt team. They're gonna get. They're gonna lose to James Madison probably by at least two touchdowns at Maryland. Another tough game, not easy. Uh, yeah, four and zero. I mean, and they'll probably lose at BC. So uh, five and zero. BC is more of a toss up game. Um, any bad ACC team could win there. Boston College is not a hard place to play. Those fans could care less about football. Um, so, yeah, I mean, William and it's, I, I don't know. It, it's going to be, I, they're going to struggle to win three games this year and they might even only win two games or one game like William and Mary, they should beat. Um, but that's about it. Got it. BCB, let's wrap it up here. Yeah. So Tony Elliott's the, uh, the head coach here uh, for, uh, for Virginia. He had been the uh, the uh, longtime offensive coordinator at Clemson. A lot of the fans were kind of kind of done with him. Yeah. Uh, he had been offered bigger head coaching positions that had kind of turned him down, and then his stock went down a little bit. Virginia offered him the job. He kind of jumped and took it. They went three and seven last year. I expect more of the same there. Like I said, his offense got stale at Clemson. Um, I don't – yeah, we'll see how this musket kid adapts. It's a little bit different when you're coming to the FBS level and you're outmatched as opposed to being a Monmouth, which was a pretty solid program. Yeah. They only have 17 career starts on the offensive line. Um, they did hit the portal, but all three kids they added haven't started a game. So, I yeah, they're, they're weak on the offensive line. They're unproven at quarterback. Uh, I do have a kid named Kobe Pace who had played running back at Clemson. But even then, he had been a little banged up the last couple of years. Um, so yeah, we'll see what they have. I, I don't really trust their coaching. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm, I think this is probably going to be the last place team, uh, in the, the ACC and wait, they were the team actually that had the, uh, the players that got shot at the end of the year last year, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coastal yeah, Carolina was supposed to play them, and I was excited to beat them, and then the game got canceled, unfortunately. Yeah, okay. So this was that team. Um, I, I said that under Virginia Tech, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, uh, yeah, I, I just don't. Uh, it's unfortunate, but I, I don't think they're going to be any good. Like you said, that that week one game at Tennessee is going to be a nightmare. Then they have to go play at Maryland. Like that's that's brutal. If you're zero and three at that time, and now you've got a new coach that's three and ten to mm-hmm. start, and the offense isn't doing anything, like. Elliot could be out of there. I mean, maybe Virginia doesn't write that check, but I, Elliot could his seat could be pretty hot by the end of the year. James Madison, don't sleep on James Madison. They they might win the Sun Belt this year. So I'm saying, yeah. So they they could easily lose those three games, and then you're zero and three playing NC State on a Friday night. That gets <laughs> yeah, it gets bad. All right, well, let's go from worst to first. Larry, start us off. I want to hear the championship game and who your winner is. All right. Um, or if you want, we can circle back. It's so chalky, but I, I'm taking Florida State over Clemson. Okay. BCB. I want to be creative here. I'm going to, I'm going to get a little creative. Give me Clemson's going to be in the title game. Okay. Um, give me them, actually. Let's go. Let's see if Brom can get uh, – I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I was going to say Clemson over Louisville. Can't do I wanted it. to say it, too. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Clemson, Clemson over Louisville in the conference title game. We'll see if Brom can get it going. That I've been to games at Louisville before, and that place is fun. Like even when they're not any good, they're gonna have an they're gonna have an energy about them in the program if they get that rolling. Um, yeah, give me give me Clemson over Louisville. Um, Rob's back big in year one. Florida State over Louisville, not a problem. Been waiting to. I've been sitting on that one for the past you know forty five minutes. Love it. Uh, love. I you know if I'm gonna bet exact matchups, I feel very very confident in that i don't have faith in clemson but florida state jordan travis trey benson love everything about them that's what we got with that being said though that's a wrap for acc we're going to finish up our conference preview with sec and then we'll give you our predictions playoff heisman over-unders you know things that are going to make you guys money we want to give you that overview to start with that being said that's a wrap (laughs) 